K-L-A-H-O-M-A. Oklahoma. Yo! <laughs> so, um, Marisa Bell is here with me this week. Hello! Uh, and this is Sarah speaking. And we both went to see Oklahoma over by Bard College. We took a road trip, a.k.a. our parents drove us. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. And, um, but, you know, whatever. I bought them tickets, so. <laughs> I, yeah, they're in my... We'll edit that out. We'll edit that out. <laughs> the gratefulness. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, and, and so this is a... a immersive production of Oklahoma, very stripped down at, over at Bard College, um, the Fisher Center over there as part of their summer festival. And it made a lot of buzz because it was like in the New York Times, it was featured in the New York Times, and um, and yeah, it, it's supposed to be this really kind of new, cool, modern take on Oklahoma. Um, Mary Sabell is an Oklahoma expert in that she starred in a junior high school production of it. Who did you play, Marysville? I played the cow. The cow? I don't no, remember I there being a cow. There, there isn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> this isn't Into the Woods. Yes, I played Edu Annie. And when I was casted as Edu Annie, my, my first instinct was to feel disappointed. <laughs> I was in seventh grade, okay? Calm down, everyone. Yeah, it was in seventh grade. Wow. How long ago was that? Like, 50 years 50 ago? 50 years ago. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I was disappointed that I didn't get Lori, because I thought Lori was, you know, the star of the show. But then later on, when we started rehearsals and everything, I started to realize, hey, Eduani is infinitely more interesting than Lori, who comes across as this two-dimensional ingenue, you know? Uh-huh. But the Summer Skate production totally changed that. Yes. Well, that's partly because... I mean, I, I think now, you know, putting a few years in between the last time I saw Oklahoma, which, you know, to be honest, they probably only saw it because um, Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman <laughs> was in it, and I had a Hugh Jackman phase. Yeah, the Hugh Jackman production of Oklahoma on Channel 13. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I watched that, and I probably, like, half paid attention to everything else. But um, but it's it's this hugely important like theatrical work. It totally changed the game for like Broadway and theater and musical theater in general because like I think structurally and also content wise, it's a much much darker musical than the stuff that came before it, which was all you know like jazzy and like Hollywood glamour kind of stuff. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's exceptions to that, but like, you know, just kind of like romantic comedies and stuff like that. Here in Oklahoma, you have like murder, you have, um, some very like intense psychological drama going on, mm-hmm. um, and like a little like the threat of violence. Um, so there, it's a much heartier and richer musical than I think the things that came before. Yeah, and it shows an America that's full of sweat, dirt, and blood, really. What I wanted to go into was the, the cast for this. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, It's directed by Daniel Fish, who I saw one other thing by him at the um, 
at the Under the Radar Festival. Um, it was like a Daniel Foster Wallace, uh, David Foster, sorry, David Foster Wallace piece. Um, yeah, it was very like abstract and very meta and stuff. But, uh, so this is like the first like kind of cohesive theater (laughs) that I've seen him do. But, um, yeah, you had, uh, Amber Gray, who I freaking love. I love Amber Gray. She was in Tasha Pierre. Marie Spell knows this already because, there was like a week long time period where I would come home singing the uh, charming song from <laughs> from Natasha Pierre, and that's Amber Gray. Um, and she was also an Octoroon. Yeah, she was an an Octoroon. She's also Taylor Max like backup singer in the twenty four decade history of pop music. Um, yeah, she's just awesome, and she has like such a rich, sultry voice. Um, and she has that kind of, like, uh, that look to her that, like, there, there's just, like, a world of feeling and crazy emotion going on. <laughs> um, yeah, she's great. And so she really, like, performed the shit out of, <laughs> out of Lori. Yeah. And made her... Yeah, Lori is typically casted as a kind of any-get-your-gun kind of girl. Oh, like yeah? A, like a spunky, pretty uh-huh. girl, you know? And... And and Amber Gray is both of those things, right? But she adds so much more to the role that I've never seen before. Like, like this production gave me a totally new perspective of who Lori and Curly really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so who are they? Who would you say they are? Well, Curly, starting with Curly, Curly came across as much more of a immature adolescent boy. Yeah. Than, than I've seen him before. Yeah, so he's played by Damon, Damon Dono. Dono. Yes. Um, sorry, Damon. Sorry if we butchered your name. But, um, but yeah, he was, he was also great. And he, yeah, he's like this, like, cocky. Oh, yeah. He's, um, a, he's a heartthrob. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's, the, he's the guy you have a crush on and you know all the reasons why you shouldn't. But you keep crushing on him anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and so the way that this production frames him is kind of like, you know, like a pop star in a way. Like, he he has a guitar. He sings a lot of, like, acoustic mm-hmm. songs. I think he's the first one to take the microphone, and he even, uh, like, leads the I think, band. No, you know what? I think Edu Annie was the f- Well, I don't know. Unless you count him strumming on the guitar. Oh, okay. Edu Annie was the first one that, when she took the microphone, I was like, holy shit, what's going on? But we'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, like Curly is, um, he's a kind of a dick and, (laughs) but, but he's also, you know, he's like endearing and charming and, and sort of like a rock star in his own way. He, he was kind of almost like an extension of, of the band. Edu Annie is played by Alison Strong, and she also kind of has... She's not so much like a rock star. She has that country twang, right? You you were telling me how... I think that Alison Strong had the most country influence to her voice than anyone else. Yeah. Like, sometimes I thought she was just going to go right out and yodel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, yeah, like we said, she was the first one to, like kind of step into the band zone and grab the mic and just, like, so she kind of also had, like, a pop star quality to her. Like, I don't know, who who's, like, a country 
pop star. Carrie Underwood? Yeah, kind of. But, like, even young, you know, because she looks like a young, very young, um, 15, 16-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alison Strong is really amazing. Her voice is, uh like, that's such a big voice could come out of such a tiny person. It was just like, yeah. holy shit. And she was super funny. Yeah. And, um, she... <laughs> I'm glad you I'm agree with like, me yeah. so much, Sarah. <laughs> but, yeah, she has a very deadpan humor where she'll just, like, look um, Curly or Lori straight in the eye with, like, a straight face and be like... Yeah, like, the peddler said he's going to marry me. That's what he told me in the hay last night. Uh-huh. And I was like... And I... Yeah, Eduani was just so... It was unbelievable how naive she is. Uh-huh. And how much she's willing to believe what anyone tells her. Mm-hmm. Um, All of them, though, are kind of almost... Yeah, like, I mean... Will is the same way, and the peddler is the same way. Like, yeah. they're such a mess, that mm-hmm. whole... That triangle. Yeah. <laughs> like, talk about, like, abusive relations. They're all, like... <laughs> it's all, like, this, like, crazy cycle of, <laughs> of like... Yeah, your Will, ego. Will was astounding. Like, the, during the um, the auction scene where they're selling the, the box lunches... Will was, when he was bidding on Edu's um, lunchbox, oh my god, I want to bang my head against the table, against uh-huh. the picnic table, and be like, stop! Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then, I think, um, the Mary Testa, who played Aunt Eller, yes. god damn mm-hmm. it, she was, like, amazing. She reminded me of Judy Gold. Yes. In terms well, Mary of, like, Testa, sassy, yeah, I, I don't think I've seen her in anything, but I've definitely heard her name... And I know she's won, like, awards and stuff, um, but, yeah, like, this this confirmed any kind of, like, prior knowledge I had that I need to go see her in more shows. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about how the production was, like, immersive and sexy. Sure. <laughs> yeah, so you walk into the theater without any program, and they bring you to a picnic table. Which are formed in kind of like a circle around the, or a square around the stage. Yeah. Yeah. And there's um, a pot of chili mm-hmm. on the table. Yeah. Uh, but warming they don't, up. Yeah, they don't give you a bowl and a spoon until intermission. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, intermission they give you your utensils and they also get cornbread and lemonade. Mm. And that was really sweet. Yeah. Like, it was actually sweet, but it was also like really <laughs> awesome. And the chili was so good. Yeah. Ugh. Vegetarian. Yeah, vegetarian chili. But it was, like, really delicious. Mm, it was. And it gets you in, like, that country mood. Mm-hmm. Um, and at another point, they were boiling a big pot of corn during um, one, of the, yeah. one of the scenes. And I thought we were going to get some were, were we supposed to? I, I don't, don't think so. At, at various think... points. like, And then in the beginning, Aunt Eller was making, like, a... Baking, like she was yeah. baking something, mm-hmm. and and I don't know if that actually turned into our cornbread or if it was just for show. I don't know. And you like you're just supposed to make the connection, but yeah, everything was really interwoven. The the actors were like uh, were stationed at like different parts of the tables 
and sat like right in front of us. Like in the beginning, Will sat right in front of us, and then later on, the peddler, uh, the peddler, yeah. And so you're just like right up in their face, <laughs> uh, and they'll like lie down on the table or sit down on the table or bang or on it or dance yeah. on it. Yeah. Or, yeah, there's not a lot. There's no like real audience interaction. Like I don't think they ever. It's immersive, really... but it's not participatory. Yeah. yeah, and they don't ever really like acknowledge the audience per se. Right. There are times where Iduani starts to, to flirt oh, with yes, some of the yes, men in yes. the audience. Yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, like, everybody was really talented. Um, and and I think it just kind of, like, updated the show and made it, like, super relevant to to our life, like, our modern-day life mm-hmm. and our concept of, like, America and... Um, How do we build community, and in the process of building that community, who is, who is pushed aside? Who yeah. Is so, so let's talk about Judd, who yes. is um, Judd is the hired hand of Aunt Eller and Lori, who lives in a shack. Yeah, and and there's like a class difference, sort of, right? Because mm-hmm. he's kind of like their servant, but he basically wants to date. Uh, Lori and take her to the social that day and um, uh, but you know he's one of those weird characters who has like a stash of porn and mm-hmm. um, is just kind of like a little off you kind of suspect that he's um, possibly committed arson <laughs> or mm-hmm. like murdered and some murder. people um, and he ha- definitely has his eyes on Lori. He's just, like, a, a big threat, but also, like, definitely mentally unstable mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe not deserving of his fate at the end, right? Which, um, which is that he shows up to Curly and Lori's wedding and, uh... In this production... Yeah. Um, Judd... Well, this isn't every production, but Judd gives Curly the gift of a gun, right, uh-huh. as a wedding present. And ben, but in this production, Curly just takes the gun and shoots. Yeah. Judd. So yeah. Well, in other productions, there tends to be like a struggle between Curly and Judd, and then you hear a gunshot, and you don't know who shot who, and but then it turns out Judd is dead, and it has like a a sense that it was self defense. Mm-hmm. On Curly's part, it wasn't a cold-blooded murder, uh-huh. but in this production, it absolutely was. Yeah, it's like clearly Curly shoots him, like Judd doesn't even put up a fight. And yeah, and so and then you have the the kind of title song, the Oklahoma song, you know, which is all about building a new mm-hmm. state and building a new family, building a new home, right? Yeah. Everything new, but it's kind of like preceded by this, like, kind of unjustified murder. Um, And even if it were justified, I mean, even in the... If, like, Curly and Judd were to have, like, a tussle and and they were fighting, um, it's still, like, like, why are we singing? (laughs) Like, why are we singing this, like, big triumphant song when, like, someone just died? And even if he was, like, a bad guy or something, like... (sighs) It also displays the legal system as being very rotten. Yeah. Um, Like, the judge said, okay, we don't need to go to a courthouse, let's just 
do the trial right here and let me tell you what to say, Carly, so that you are pronounced not guilty. Yeah, it's like totally It's all about who you know and who, like, the connections you have and... Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's crazy how relevant that is to today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, even though, I mean, even though, I don't know if Judd has ever been cast as, like, a black man, but he's basically, he's an outsider. He's, like, um, probably mentally ill. Um, He's threatening, but he never really, I mean, there's one scene where he almost, like, Gets curly stabbed. Yeah, little wonder. Yeah, but I mean, but he doesn't ever actually like really do anything. I don't know. It's it's really hazy, and and I think um, Rogers and Hammerstein. Like I don't know. Like I I I feel like I've been rediscovering their work recently because it's mm-hmm. it's fantastic how like morally ambiguous everything is and like complicated. But, um, yeah, so so this country, this new state, this country, this, like, new way of life is, is just kind of... Built on blood. Mm, not completely, but... And, like, but, someone has to... But not just the, the blood of Judd, but what's n- also something that's never mentioned is, in the musical, is the genocide of Native Americans. And- mm, yeah. Interesting. Wow, I didn't even think about that, and now I feel like an idiot. <laughs> um, like, if if you... Taking Oklahoma just for what it is, it doesn't ask you to think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, and, and the song, Poor Judd is Dead, right, mm-hmm. was very innovatively done yeah. here. Usually it's like a kind of moment for humor a little bit, right? Because basically Curly is trying to convince... Judd to commit suicide. Judd is kind of buying into it, and, uh, and, yeah, and, like, Curly's just a douchebag and, like, playing tricks on him, basically. Yeah, just showing the funny, a funny manipulation, but... Yeah. But but this production completely exposes it. Yeah, and... (laughs) For for how Curly... And cruel, right? Yeah, Curly is so cruel. And, like, um... Awful, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I mean, it still it had its moments where like people giggled and laughed and stuff. Yeah. But um, but the way so the way that they framed it was uh was like they turned off the lights mm-hmm. and because they turn off the lights once Curly enters Judge Shack. So there's a dialogue in the darkness talking about the photos on the wall mm. of Judge. Right, case, which was really which are, powerful. Yeah, and I also got um. I got the impression that some of the photos had some kind of bondage yeah. aspect to them, some kind of yeah, like yeah. kinkiness that that it wasn't just naked ladies; it was an element of power and control to it as well. Mm, um, right, and the the darkness of the of the set was like, you know, kind of made it even like left it up to your imagination in a way, yeah. and like and just kind of created, like, very simply, but, like, effectively creates that, that Yeah, and it forces the mood. focus onto the dialogue. Yeah. So the set. And then, um, these nocturnal cameras come along, night vision cameras, I'm not sure exactly what the technical term is, but then it starts, um, showing on many projection screens the faces of Judd and Curly who are sitting very closely together on mm-hmm. the floor singing Poor Judd is Dead together 
And, oh man, the performance of Patrick Vale mm-hmm. as Judd, who's an alumni of Bard College, was absolutely stunning. First off, yeah. his voice just resonates within you so deeply. And his acting was just... Oh, it was just so delicate and so beautiful, his performance. Yeah. It, it, and during that song, even though it's like with a night camera and, you know, but still just seeing his face and it, it was as though we were like just unfurling this map of vulnerability and it was just so beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the the focus of the song wasn't anymore on like, like, oh, look how stupid Judd is. It was almost mm-hmm. like, look how, like... Vulnerable. Vulnerable, yeah. Like, he is, like, seriously considering committing suicide. Um, Com- so that people... committing suicide just to see how people love him. Yeah. To receive some kind of love and affection that's missing in his life. Yeah. And, of course, Curly is just, like, just wants a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but did... Did you did you sense like a kind of like weird homoeroticism? No, I didn't at all. No, no. okay. I mean, because they were they were singing like super close together, like their faces were like almost touching. Mm-hmm. And I mean, part of the reason for that might be the fact that the cameras, you know, to to frame, you know, to get both of them in the frame. Um, but I I don't know. I felt like they were. A few moments where it was almost like a love ballad, like Curly's like singing a love ballad to to Judd, and and Judd was kind of just like entranced. I can by it. see that because Curly is presenting a situation where Judd feels love, mm. but I don't think Curly is in any way saying that he loves Judd. Oh I no, no, I don't it, see that at all. But uh-huh. it's almost like. In an advertisement for a boxing match, like, the two men's faces are always very close and parallel to one another. Yeah. Yeah, but in this case, one of them is, like, strumming a guitar and, like, (laughs) 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 and, like, singing in falsetto, you know, to the other one. I don't know. It it felt like there was supposed... I I felt a sense of intimacy, Yeah. I think any homoeroticness that might have been in there was ruined by the knowledge that Curly is manipulating Chud Mm -hmm. so cruelly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I I think that's a much better word for, like, intimacy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, uh, There was also... Did you get, like, pick up on, like, a sort of, like, feminist vibe at all? Like, there was... um, like, I felt there was several times where it's, like, these freaking men are, like, oh, idiots. absolutely. During, um, <laughs> the farmer and the cowboy should be friends. Farm- yes, when yeah. When they start fighting and everyone goes to the walls to get their guns. There were so many guns. Right. Yeah, so everyone goes to get a gun so they could, like, have this big shootout during this party. And then Aunt Ella just... I forgot what exactly she does, but she breaks up any she notion shoots. of a she fight. Fires oh, she gun. fires yeah. the gun. She was, like, right in front of us, too. Yeah, she fires the gun and says, this is a party. I'm like, yeah, like, boys, shut the fuck up. Like, and, yeah, and it's like, you don't see Lori and, like, even Adu Annie. I mean, Adu Annie is, like, stupid, but she's she's not, like, harming anybody. Um, Adu Annie even makes that, like, sort of feminist statement, um... Where it was, 
where where Will is trying to get her to commit, uh-huh. and then she and then he's like, uh, you know, you can't sleep around, you can't flirt with anybody uh-huh. else, and stuff. And she's like, well, I can do whatever the hell I want because you can do whatever the hell I want, and I can't express myself in the same way that you can, right? Like this is how I have fun, and this is how yeah. this is who I am, right? It was it felt like a little bit of like um. What's her face's song in Rent? Like, Take Me or Leave Me? Oh, okay. <laughs> like, that, just that little verse yeah, was yeah. like, Take Me or Leave Me. Um, I think another feminist aspect to Oklahoma was um, the way Aunt Eller would communicate with Lori. Um, Aunt Eller never tells Lori who to choose, whether it's Curly or Judd. She, she tells Lori that I... Basically, like, Curly's into you, right? Mm-hmm. But she never pressures her to choose one over the other or to put um, financial stability above love. And, mm. yeah. Mm. She, she le- it's entirely up to Lori who she chooses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I just think overall, like, it, it felt like like a clear divide between, like, Look at the men, like, fighting over each other and, like, being idiots and, like, Judd and Curly having these, like, s- like silly little standoffs mm-hmm. that could have been easily avoided. And then and then look at the women who are, like, you know, actually making decisions and, like, working and, like, getting shit done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and also another scene, in addition to the poor Judd is dead scene, another scene that was, like, untraditionally, um, choreographed yes. was that the, her dream sequence, mm-hmm. um, Lori's dream sequence, which is a That's very shown famous... after intermission, right? That's the <laughs> yeah, it's, of act two. It, well, it's, like, started, it, they yeah. start singing They give it. her the Egyptian smelling salts... Yeah. And then the dream sequence begins in Act Two. Uh huh. Um, and it's traditionally done as this very long and, quite frankly, boring ballet. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, uh, it, yeah. It's one of those like on the town has another has a dream sequence. It's a very popular device in like musicals of that era, but here it was almost like an anti dance. Mm-hmm. Like the characters just kind of stood in position for a line dance, but then they don't actually do a line dance. They're just kind of standing and staring at each other. And very interesting, this choice of Daniel Fisher. Um, Daniel Fish. Daniel Fish, I apologize. Mm -hmm. And a very interesting choice of Daniel Fish was to make Judd and Curly sing I Can't Say No, which is a song of Eduani. And I was wondering yeah, I remember, why. That was great though, that it felt was it eerie was great, sexy. <laughs> it was great, but I still don't quite understand how it connects to their storyline mm. or their relationship with Lori. Like they can't say no to what? I don't know. Yeah, that's why I can't figure well, yeah, out. That's, yeah, yeah. But but I was very surprised by that. That uh-huh. came out of left field. Yeah, it was. I thought it was a great like it just added to the eerie spookiness mm-hmm. of the dream and um but yeah I'm, I'm sure you could like work it 
into some kind of theory. <laughs> Maybe it was to show the nature of dreams, that dreams don't always make sense, and we blend reality and fiction together. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's it on my talking points. Do you have... It's, it's such a good show. I really hope they bring it to New York, oh. like, to the city. The city. Or, um... I, I don't know, do something with it, because it was yeah. just so moving. At least we get cast um, recording. Yes, cast recording. <laughs> yes. Uh, I need it now. Um, it, yeah, because it, it's just, like, it's it's this weird, like, musical that you can, like, really actually rock out to. <laughs> it was beautiful. Um, and, and, yeah, and just, like, super resonant. Uh, I don't know. All right. Uh, well, that was um, Oklahoma. Good. From Bard Summer Scape. Yeah, Bard Summer Scape Festival at Fisher Center up in the upstate world. Annandale on Hudson. Yes. Yo. <laughs> Yo, I've been like, to all these like cool regional theaters. It's pretty sweet. Uh, <laughs> regional theaters are cool, yo. What, what? Regional? Yeah. It ain't all in the city. We work hard for the money. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs> I'm just-